Hey guys, and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh Fitness Podcast. This it will be the last episode in the current series, just due to exams coming up for myself. Uh, it's been a little bit crazy. I'm not gonna lie; it's gone a little bit mental since the the big guests have come on. I've been very lucky with this series to have Brian Keen on, OH Fitness, Sinead Hegarty, Ben Coomer, uh, Danny Lennon, and a lot of other guests as well. I've been very blessed to have that so early on in the podcast. Only 39 episodes in. Uh, and this week is no different. I'm very lucky to have Natalie Lennon on uh, the podcast. So Natalie is a social media influencer, online health uh, coach and PT. She's also a health and wellness speaker. She's a massive foodie. So if you like food, go over to Natalie's Instagram page and she has loads of recipes, loads of little workouts you can do uh, for abs, legs, whatever it may be. And then she she's a big promoter of promotes flexible dieting, managing to have a social life while also kind of working hard and training hard. So Natalie, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. Thank you for having me, Shane. I'm delighted to be here. That was such a lovely intro. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I pr- really appreciate your time because I know you're so I know you're so busy at the minute and you're currently in training for uh, EP. Not the normal training when people are trying to build up their drinking intolerance, but you're going to be doing you're going to be doing the run down to EP uh, this weekend. How's the training going for you at the minute? Yeah, um, it's going okay. So I done this last year as well as a brand ambassador with the Complete Natural. They sponsored for the picnic. So um, last year I was far more built up my running and had a better resistance to fatigue. Um, but this year I've literally just built up my runs, like done a seven k, ten k, twelve point five, fifteen. 17 yesterday and that's it now I won't do any more running until the day because uh, as of today we only really have three four days until the big one and it's quite hard it's not 17k that's on the road it's through like a lot of forestries and fields and like stony roads and things like that but it's a great experience and hopefully I just make it through it and survive electric picnic then afterwards that'd be more difficult than the run <laughs> I hope you I hope you don't have to run home so Natalie for anyone who isn't following you which I'd be surprised if anyone isn't uh, tell us your story and how you kind of got into the whole world of PT and online coaching and nutrition Sure. So, God, this is one anytime I get asked, I'm like, how do I bring this into like just a minute or two? It's very hard to do because my journey has been a bit of a whirlwind. But it all started, I suppose, in my final year of college. When I was in college, I was studying earth science, um, which was kind of half geography, half geology in Trinity and... I really just didn't know what I wanted to do, like anyone after school was good at geography, said here we'll go to college, we'll get the job, we'll do the thing that everyone does. Um, and then in my final year, I started to grow a bit of a love for fitness. It became like a stress reliever for me to step away from the books. And at the same time, I felt like I just wanted to like improve my my fitness and my physique a little bit coming into the summer. I felt like I'd let myself just kind of go with all the study. Um, and then the more I started to do my own workout routine, which was really, really minimal at the time, it was a, a guide I was following, um, I just grew such a love for it that I wanted to take a stab at becoming a personal trainer. I had a year or two to play around with because I was quite young, finishing college, so I saved up the money working part-time after I graduated, went on the PT course, and then spent three years, as you kind of do, you know, starting to work for a gym, 
then you build a client basis then I started to work for the gym less and I was eventually full-time PT and and recently have been scaling back and back and back on my PT obviously becoming so much more interested in nutrition and realizing that's most of people's problems and it became a big problem for me in two senses of the term which I'll touch on in a second but then last year last September I started study with the Irish Institute of Nutrition and Health to do a nutrition and health coaching search so it's BTEC level six and uh, just finished that a few months ago so that I could focus more on kind of health and nutrition coaching rather than being in the gym with clients because a lot of my work had moved to being online so alongside all of this I continue to kind of share my own journey on Instagram that's what it kind of started as then when I became a PT I was like let's try share some advice as well as my own story and um, but then I went through anyone that follows me knows or maybe heard me on, on a podcast before I went through a very very dark patch where I became totally consumed and obsessed with my physical reflection my body fat percentage my calorie count and from that it was a tough time in my life but I've learned so much and it's probably helped me become the coach and kind of blogger and message um that I try to share it's, it's helped that all come together today and um, so that's that's as quick as I can put <laughs> my history into a few sentences for you <laughs> no that's that's very thorough um I, I'm, I'm always surprised how many people like sometimes you can be so immersed in your own little problem that you're you, like as a PT you're dealing with people face to face and everyone's so different but I'm always surprised by how like the, the set that everyone has the same issue underlying that they're not ha- happy how they look and a lot of people kind of can guess I've, I've had guests on like Vicky had an eating disorder she used to weigh herself at night and get up a couple of times during the night and that like that that was how Vicky uh, battled her her illnesses um, and then I've had other people who on who have had who have lost their cycles, um, people who are obsessed with the weighing scale, the scales in particular. Have you kind of got any tips and stuff like that of how to kind of step away from being obsessed yeah. with the scales and being obsessed with kind of the body fat percentages as you kind of alluded to there? Yeah, it's a very um, like I know we've only got talking recently, Shane, and I haven't been sharing exactly yeah as much. I haven't been sharing as much of my obsessive history, say, on Instagram lately because I'll touch on it from time to time. Maybe every couple of months I'll go back and I'll share one of those progress photos from when I was say my my lowest weight and speak about overcoming that. But I don't want to uh, build an audience that's like that's relying on me to help them get through an eating disorder because that's what I could see it becoming and um, because it, I I actually spoke about it on a post recently I suffered from amenorrhea and only in the last few months have overcome that and um, that's why I stopped running up until a few weeks ago and I, I would say an eating disorder I just feel like it hasn't been classified in a certain term in that it's not you see a lot of people speak about it like an eating disorder which is one that's based on obsession with calorie counting it wasn't necessarily orthorexia and but it was very disordered and very um obsessed and kind of sticking to the same foods and fear foods and all that sort of thing so when it comes to advice on anyone that's listening that feels like they may be tiptoeing into that sort of relationship with their body or with fitness or if deep in it or if they know someone and um, it would be I suppose to 
well firstly be kind to yourself um, and realise that what's done is done it doesn't can't change for the future but get help and as much as there is fantastic personal trainers out there I don't think they're the people to help with that sort of problem because you probably know yourself Shane there's a lot of I suppose my experiences with women and most of the work I do now is trying to help people become a bit less obsessed as they yeah goals but you get a lot of women who might be underweight that want to come to you and they're looking for a set meal plan set calories set program and they want to progress to being in that healthy place but they want to put it in a of way and um, so I think it's really important that if you need help you go to a professional that works in that area that specializes in helping women get their period back helping you become less obsessive and realize that you have to go through a time to heal before you can reach the point where you know all those people that you follow on Instagram are at and also realize that maybe a lot of those people not even where you think they are just pretending because that was me and I've spoke about that on many posts when you're in the thick of things you don't want to speak about it um so yeah like I worked with a dietitian who specialized in it for um quite some time and that's um that's what helped me but it took me to other kind of routes to find out that like therapy or an eating disorder counselor wasn't the way to go that it was a dietitian um and yeah I, I, here I am ranting but I hope that's a help for anyone listening or any PTs listening that might have clients suffering from that realise what you can do and then what you can't do and know how to um, forward them on to someone else I suppose I think that's a brilliant advice for any PTs listening not alone, or let alone people who are maybe suffering from the same uh, issues that you may have had I think sometimes PTs can kind of step out of their lane uh, I had Larry yeah, Doyle on Fine, go but you have to realize that you're being a better pt by not taking them on like because especially if it's something obsessive as pts that's generally what we do is we track weight you know generally generally we take pictures generally we take measurements we track your strength and for some people that's not the way to go with their journey and for some people it really is so you need to know who are the right people to work with and be okay with sending them to someone else because that's far more admirable than being the PT with all the clients under the sun but maybe not doing what you know is right deep down in your heart for some of them um, and I think as I think both of us can agree that you just you see that and especially at the beginning of a PT career you do that um, yeah. but we all learn over time yeah it's especially at the beginning you're kind of like you're so like you're so desperate to kind of learn you're so desperate to help as many people as possible and sometimes you may step out of your your line a little bit and it's just important to kind of realize that you can't help everybody some people may may need a little bit more professional help and that's why you've kind of you mentioned going kind of going to a dietitian um which is which is awesome advice if you suffer from kind of those ailments um Ooh. It's Monday and a lot of people are potentially a little bit uh, worse for wear. Um, and you kind of, you're a big promoter of balance. Uh, and one of your posts recently, you mentioned kind of dread weekends and sometimes people can kind of go off on a so-called binge. How did you kind of come out of that mindset? And have you got any advice for someone that's kind of like on this Monday, kind of trying to get out of that mindset themselves? Yeah, like God, that was definitely me for so long. and. It- in different meanings of, of the term, I suppose, in that I was in college, you know, 
you'd be having your weekends where you might be going out and drinking loads and eating all the fast food um, and obviously you suffer as a result and then even as I got more into health and fitness we then went through that obsessive phase which I know a lot of people do this we all speak about it where you're tracking your calories you're doing perfect Monday to Friday at least what you think is perfect and then come the weekend you blow it all and um, even though I kind of stopped drinking I don't really drink that much I just know it's not that good for me or my mental health and it's just not really my scene I'm more of a granny at the weekend but <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather go hiking sort of thing um, like put me on a plane take me hiking let me explore somewhere new I'm way more into that but um, if if you're someone who is like restricting during the week and come the weekend then you're just binging out on even if it's good food but you just can't stop eating it because you've been in such a restriction I've been there too like I could eat like like four bowls of oats five protein bars and then you know the healthy carrot cake that I made and then go back to bed a happy woman but hardly able to breathe so I suppose my advice to anyone going through that sort of like restrict binge cycle um, would definitely be to speak about it first off um don't keep it a secret and don't think it's just going to fix itself like straight away I was like right need to tell you know my family that I'm living with my lads you need to you know be aware of this or just know that this is happening sometimes and um maybe stay up with me have more meals together um and then had to tell I mean that's when I went and got a dietitian or some people might go get a personal trainer or a health coach because you're probably messing up nutrition somewhere in terms of restricting yourself too much during the week and things would all fix themselves if you are looking after that or maybe you're lacking some like essential nutrients and um, like maybe you're just super low in magnesium and if you were able to um hit your intake of magnesium you wouldn't be craving as much chocolate at the weekend or if you were having maybe slightly less carbs in the morning you wouldn't be craving all the sweets in the evening so little things like that um but it, it can take time to overcome that i suppose as well um so yeah i hope that answers no. that answer your question <laughs> yeah that, def- that definitely helps and also people need, may need to realize that if you are on nights out you are not going to get a lot of sleep and if you think that you're sleeping after alcohol, it's not very deep sleep. It's literally your eyes are probably you're not getting rapid eye movement. You're probably st- like in a very, very light sleep. And that's probably why you feel more tired the next day. Your hunger hormone will go into overdrive. And that's why you're potentially looking for a little bit more food because your food's like, what the hell? I need all this energy. So you just need to look for little triggers. Go out for a walk. Doesn't have to be like a big sweaty gym session. As Natalie said, go out for a little bit of a hike, drink a little bit of water and just kind of move a little bit and then kind of enjoy a little bit of Netflix and uh, rather than kind of sitting there feeling sorry for yourself, you'll feel so much better about it. And I, I, that was one of the things I struggled with when I drank was kind of just kind of like, no, I'm just going to stay in bed. I'm going to sit on the couch and play PlayStation or just watch the football all day. Um, Natalie... just to touch on that quickly for most clients that I work with that might have a big night coming up what we'll do is we'll plan the day afterwards yeah. so it's like okay you're going to stay in bed till 11 but then you're going to get up and go for a walk you're going to have that for breakfast you're going to go meet your nana then you're going to you know have your lunch out with your friends and you will get a dessert there but that's okay because we're saying that we're going to plan for that and you know we've kind of made adjustments during the week for that and if you've planned your day out after the event um, so and kind of time blocked it a bit, it fixes everything. 
yeah it really does like if you're if you are counting calories you could count calories for five days and just lower them slightly for those five days and then you can enjoy yourself or if you know you're going out for dinner look at the menu beforehand have a sorbet instead of like a massive chocolate pudding uh, and you're still not going to be missing out with your friends having dessert not going to be that all in that awkward position S- try potentially try and stay away from like the takeaways or the zaytuns or the whatever it may be uh, for a night out and then you'll Babylon. feel it's too Babylon for me Harcourt Diner was my place but now that's gone for some oh no <laughs> it's gone now um, that was my place but it's gone now so uh, Natalie you have awesome posts on little ideas for workouts and stuff like that and i love that that you, you kind of make these quick workouts that people can do and they're easy they're so applicable to most for nearly all people where do you get your ideas for the workouts so generally what i've been doing lately is i'll actually spend a day sitting down and thinking hard about like changing up workouts, putting variety into them. And I might write out six or seven workouts and trial some of them or, you know yourself, sometimes you just know that that workout's going to work. Um, but I would get some inspiration from other accounts on Instagram, from seeing other people in the gym. And then um, I, I would write out these workouts and generally spend like a day, say, recording like six or seven um, to have to share on Instagram. Because like I, the way I train, is probably not the way most women that are really busy that want to find the time to just improve their health as much as possible are going to train. Um, I have more time to dedicate to it, and that's what I like doing. You know, if I'm doing a lifting session, maybe it will be an hour and 10 minutes, but I have that time and I've allocated it, and that's not the way everyone can train. So when I share workouts on Instagram, I really try to think about my audience and what they're looking for and what they can benefit from so that is the way I do that because then I'm only recently copying on to put text over the workouts when I share them so people can scroll through and find them easily Um, but yeah that's kind of how I do the whole workout layout for Instagram I try to share at least one workout a week and one recipe a week but then sometimes there's events and things get in the way but that's generally the way I try to um, keep my content flowing with regards to those the rest of the re- I saw I had a look when I was doing the research on your profile I had a look at some of the recipes they are pretty good they look incredible um, they look I un- have to say since I've done my nutrition course I'm just loving cooking from scratch so much more um, I used to um be with a meal prep company for like a year no god nearly two years um which everyone i'm sure would know of them clean cut meals and they are absolutely amazing and the boys saved my life in like i really do think they did because they sent me the bulk meals and all this food at the time where i needed it most when i was underweight um but then as time has gone on and after I did my course, I'm like, okay, I know not everyone can, can maybe afford a meal prep company and I really want to just get into the heart of things with regards to food and ingredients and processing them, sorry for that, um, and sourcing them. So um, I'm, I'm loving creating the recipes these days. They just take a lot of work to make those little videos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny when you're making one, you are making the videos. You have so many outtakes, you have so many little blooper reels that when, when you are... <laughs> falling over plyo boxes or the kettlebell that hits you or something like that it's when you're doing the little workouts it's it's not pretty and it's like even if it's only like a 20 second video it's probably taken 
yourself or one someone else who's doing the workout it's probably about half an hour to 45 minutes to try and get a 10 second video and then that's yeah that's just getting it editing yeah. is a whole other yeah. hour or two <laughs> yeah big time no because i try i tried doing it for a while i was like this is probably taking too much time um but it is one of those things the food side of things is probably the thing that most people struggle with and they're always looking for some sort of recipe they're looking for some sort of meal plan i don't particularly believe like there are there is a meal plans are great if you get it from a dietitian because that person is educated and trained that way i necessarily don't necessarily give out tailored meal plans i would give out like recipe books and suggestions for food and stuff like that high protein meals but i would i'd stay in my lane regarding kind of meal. they do have their place but for my from from my from m and u and stuff like that has taught me that I wouldn't particularly give out a tailored meal plan because it's not, I'd stay in my lane in that regard. Yeah, uh, no, and I agree with you, it's definitely the way forward. Um, and I, I do something similar, but I would get all of their, um, say all of their likes and dislikes and give correct, them, yeah. like yourself, suggestions for breakfast, maybe four or five, same for lunch, same for dinner. And what we do, because I don't do calorie tracking with my clients, is we do kind of food diaries and they pick and choose or they might change when they're and about and like very similar to that I used to think meal plans were the way forward and then I very quickly realized um you don't know what to do when you finish your meal plan exactly. or how to eat normally so yeah. um I'd say MNU and IINH have a very similar message that way in that it's you need to think long term on what's sustainable for people 100% delighted you said that as well um you like you're training at the minute and one of the things that seems to be the big thing at the minute is the growing glutes and growing the quads seems to be a glutes big... heels, yes. yeah the glutes so have you have you got kind of any recommendations on what kind of exercises to concentrate on for because most of my clients are on listeners are females um oh. so um, okay. i'd say 99 percent of my clients are females so okay. um okay. have you kind what of is when it comes to training your glutes so i'm someone who has no glutes and unless I train them I will never have glutes and the second I start running I lose my glutes so any girls out there struggling with growing their glutes I relate to you I also feel you know I'll say that in a minute so yeah with regards to growing your glutes so I obviously have gone through periods over the past year myself where I would say I've done running and then I take a break for that and then I might be running again and then I'm back into weight training when I'm just focusing on weight training I will prioritize lower body like any lady um so I might do lower three days a week or two and a half and then upper um and I would do a lot of posterior chain work so for me like hip thrusts have been hands down the best exercise I have found now, in saying that, I feel like someone's going to go and tip onto my page now and see if I have glutes and go and do it because I don't really. <laughs> um, but I can tell you that in the times that I'm focusing on growing my glutes, that has been the best exercise. But tip I learned because I really, really struggle with mind-muscle connection with my glutes. I am quad dominant for life and I will never be able to change that, especially when I'm running. But it wasn't until I started using mini bands for barbell hip thrusts that I felt the difference. So I use the, um, you know, the glute guy, Brett Contreras. Uh, Brett, Brett Contreras. Brett Contreras, yeah. Yeah, his um, glute loop has been an absolute game changer for me. So I wear that over my knees when I am barbell hip thrusting. And 
really make sure I'm pushing out against that as hard as I can, driving down through my heels, all those points. Um, but also putting a lighter band below my knees. Um, and I would change up the way I'm doing my hip thrust. I'm not just going to go in and do 10 sets of four every, you know, two days every week. Um, in that I might do a drop set with hip thrust. Uh, some days I might have the barbell there then push it away and actually put the much longer resistance bands that people use for chin-ups if you have a, a proper um, hip thrust bench loop that around me and do about 20 30 reps with that it's all about changing up your rep ranges continuously doing kind of push outs with your bands um, and then putting strength with your barbell in i think the most important thing for glute growth is changing up your rep range with regards to your hip thrust that's just been the number one exercise for me i'm um, adding on some accessory work like cable abductors kickbacks it's probably been beneficial but i was doing all those before and did not see any difference until i started doing hip thrust all that being said um, I went through a phase where I believed that like I had to have these solid glutes to be a PT that girls would take seriously because it just became such a bloody obsession on Instagram and it's always going to be an area that I will prioritize when I want to and when I feel like it unless I feel like running or I feel like circuit training that's what I'm going to do because I'm very much about intuitive exercise if you have kind of a, a good relationship with your body but uh, I suppose just to realize that if you don't have the best glutes in the world don't be hard on yourself and don't feel like you have to because I think they are kind of a little bit um I think sometimes on Instagram it's just ridiculous how glutes are put forward to be the most important part of a female's yeah. body <laughs> yeah no, big time and I'm delighted you kind of alluded to that the whole thing about uh I I've what you mentioned there about kind of walking around the gym and people will be looking for like the glute person or whatever like that uh mm. i can relate to that that i'd be kind of potentially the smallest lad pt in our place uh but it's not necessarily like you shouldn't hire a coach necessarily on if they have abs or if they have glutes if you have a connection or if you're if you're meeting a pt meet with them see if they have kind of client referrals see if they have kind of the photos kind of see what they're if, if you know one of their old clients have a chat with one of them and see how they work. Don't necessarily go by how a PT would look. Uh, it's like anyone out in the street, you shouldn't judge anyone by how they look. And that kind of applies to the same as kind of PTs or anyone in general. So I'm kind of, I'm delighted you kind of mentioned that. You you work a lot on your mindset as well, Natalie. It's not all about your training. It's not all about your nutrition and stuff as well. You're a big uh, advocate of kind of the mindset. And you talk about kind of just going forward and putting yourself first. And that was kind of one of those posts that kind of triggered a little bit, bit of a thought process in my head. Can you kind of expand a little bit on that? And I think I've definitely fallen into this trap sometimes myself. Yeah. Um, so I guess it's it's because I went through such a dark patch with um, my mental health and anxiety uh, when I went through that kind of obsessive disordered phase that as I started to work with the dietitian and come out of that, um, I realized how much I was neglecting my my mental health um, because it's very easy to get caught up in the, you know, go, go, go lifestyle, get up, get your coffee, work out, you know, train hard, go to work, eat your prep meals. And it's like, where is the time for looking after my mental health just as much as I do my physical health? Um, and I forgot that it was something that needed just as much care um, to be an all-rounded 
help individual but also the best coach I could be because you need to be able to um you need to be able to help your clients I think look after their mental health as well as their physical or just remind them that it's important so I think there was a lot of points along the road for me that the penny kind of dropped and I realized oh my god I have not put myself first in so long um in a certain way in that I was putting myself first in that I was getting in my workout no matter what and I was going to prep these meals and eat those no matter what especially um, because I competed in the past that's a sense of putting yourself first but it's not the right way to put yourself first um all the time I kind of realized that sometimes putting yourself first means actually not going to the gym some days and it meant going to do yoga instead um especially in the case of say someone wanting to get their cycle back if they suffer from amenorrhea putting yourself first and getting your you time in that situation is not going to be getting up early and going to the gym and going for a run and fasting until lunchtime putting yourself first is realizing what's actually best for your mental and physical health and say for example in that situation it's going to be resting, it's going to be eating more, it's going to be doing yoga, it's going to be putting less stress on the body. Putting myself first over time has has made me realise how much more I can say no, I have learned to say no. You know, you can't always take on every client, you can't always do, you know, go for every coffee date, you can't always say yes to everything because then you'll never have time for yourself and you have to realise one of the best things I ever heard was that realising saying no, in saying no to some opportunities you are actually saying yes to probably so many others that are going to benefit you down the line Um, so one thing that's helped me majorly in terms of pushing pushing myself to look after my mental health and my mindset has been a lot less time on social media um, and I really found that my message and my what I create became so much more real again because I was definitely suffering from like imposter syndrome. Uh, I listened to a podcast over the weekend where they were saying you should always create before you consume and only consume what you would want to create um, when it comes to social media. So if you create before you start consuming everything, it's going to be probably a lot more heartfelt and real and what you actually want to share. Um, and then in spending less time on social media, like you know yourself, nothing can put into words how much better that's going to make you feel because you will stop comparing yourself to people. Um, so one thing that I've started doing over the past few nights because I was slowly falling back into bad habits again of kind of going on Instagram a little bit too late, feeling like I had to get back to the messages, the comments, um, it's actually just leaving my phone in a different room completely from one hour before bed. Um, and that's been game changing for me in my mental health and also then not going on Netflix as a result, but trying to read or just chat with the family, drink some tea, usually I would get my diary out and just plan out my day the next day and write down anything that I'd done today that I was happy about um, and that's I suppose a bit of a long-winded answer but hopefully quality information that people can take on board. That's phenomenal what was the who was the podcast with or who whose podcast was it? Um, it was On Purpose 
Jay Shetty, I think is his okay, name. Yeah. I only recently started listening to them because I wanted something that was outside of the fitness world to listen to. Yeah. I realized that all the podcasts I was listening to were based on fitness, which is fantastic. But for kind of my long run yesterday, I was like, I need something that's going to open up my mind a little bit more. So um, have you heard of Jay Shetty? I've heard of Jay Shetty, I think. Some of the, yeah. I've heard, I think I've listened to one of his episodes um, and he, he he interviews really big people, uh, really famous actors yeah. and all that yeah. kind of stuff. He's he's very big over in America. Yeah, he does a lot of mindset videos and stuff. So um, I'd highly recommend, especially for a lot of females listening. I think uh, he does a lot of relationship talk and stuff as well, which is interesting. <laughs> he's very good. He's, he's definitely worth a follow. Um, you... We're talking about social media. Social media can be amazing and it can be also a little bit of a pain sometimes. And as you said, you kind of social comparison can kind of come into things. I've definitely struggled with that. Uh, and I'm, as you said, kind of, I don't go on my, I try not to go on my phone after kind of like the last client for Instagram and then try to kind of do it maybe after morning clients if I can. Um, but you got a message a little while ago. Um, about kind of you you have no right to be part of the body positive movement you're small all that kind of stuff how yeah, do, yeah. how do you deal with kind of negative comments negative um i don't know slurs is a very strong word but how did you kind of react to this and how do you, how do you normally deal with negative comments that kind of come through i suppose i've been very lucky in that um i haven't had too much hate or negativity but then i have had some and when you put yourself out there as much as say I do or we do sometimes on social media you have to be prepared for some of the negativity criticism and judging that's going to come along with it um but like Brian Keane has said this he might have said it on on his episode before like you have to realize that opinion is not fact opinion is not truth opinion is nothing that can change and you don't need to work to change an opinion. It is what it is. You need to just focus on yourself and your own power and putting yourself first. So, um, I, like, I won't lie. I, I say that, and I say that with such intent and such, like, power in my soul because <laughs> I'm so, um, I just feel so passionate about it. But at the same time, if when I read a negative comment or message at first, my heart will drop a little bit. You know, yeah. I'm a sensitive female like most of us. And for a second, all that negative self-talk starts and negative thoughts. And I start wondering, what do I share? Have I been sharing the wrong thing? How can I change their opinion? I need to write back to them and I need to send them an essay to tell them why that's not the case. And then I nip that thought process in the bud and I go, hold on, what's going to do me? better today what's going to be more productive with my time what sort of thought process is going to serve my mental health more um is responding to this person going to do me any good absolutely not like i i kind of hate when i see people on social media screenshot a lot of these messages and then the, the response is going back and forth and sharing it on the story it's like stop feeding into it just do something better with your time share something that's going to help someone and not this back and forth negative criticism because I often feel like we do that because we need to just get some sort of feedback from other people following us to say, oh, don't mind them, they're so in the wrong. But you need to be able to tell that to yourself and just let that negative comment go. But when I got that comment about, you know, you've no right to be part of the body positive movement, sure you're too small, I was kind of like, okay, I'm not going to write back, but this is one I want to elaborate on in a post because I don't think it's fair to 
say and I probably think it's something that a lot of smaller girls who have maybe come through their own struggles with regard to their mind-body relationship can relate to um, because yeah you might be you know like a, a fit healthy looking woman but that doesn't mean that you haven't overcome your own struggles and you're not allowed to be part of the body but body positivity movement um so that was why i done that post and i kind of wrote out about it and i done a lot of research with regards to the body positivity movement afterwards to kind of really find out what it was because i'd never done that and i was kind of like this is just something that people brought up out of nowhere and there's people on certain healing journeys that need to be a part of it and look at it in a certain way but then there's people on other healing journeys that need to realize they can be part of it too in a different way but a lot of it now has probably changed for me in that kind of more of a, a self-confidence movement than a body positivity movement that I think I want to spread the message of um but yeah I hope that answers the question that's a phenomenal answer I love that I love the the quotes that you're bringing in as well so uh from Brian uh, I know you're under time pressure Natalie um so where can people find out about you whoever doesn't follow natalie please head over she doesn't need my help to kind of get more followers or anything like that or uh where can people find out about yourself what's coming up next for you and where can we find out about your online coaching and pt yeah so to be honest with you at the minute i'm, I'm kind of doing a lot of content creation and um, I'm working with some brands, only brands who I feel like I align with or like want to spread their message. So my online, sorry, I am my online coaching and nutritional coaching, performance coaching. All the information is on my website, which is nataliellen.ie. Um, in saying that, my website is something I want to completely take down and transform and recreate over the coming months. But I do have that information there, but I do have a bit of a waiting time at the minute because I'm only really doing my online coaching two and a half days a week um, at the time being. We have a big family wedding coming up that I am so excited for. I have one sibling, so it's going to be absolutely major. And then um, with regards to other things that are coming up for me, I mean, I have the room on Friday which I'm sure will be great fun and then I have a, a trip to Paris upcoming that if you follow me you will hopefully see more of what that's about on my social media that's just a two-day trip and then on the 19th of September I'm heading to Bali but it is probably a bit different to other people in that um, I've organized this group trip because so much of what I do is about comfort zones and mindset and I suppose intuitive exercise, feeling like you can step away from your routine and um, and I planned this trip with Intrepid and a local travel agency and there's 12 of us going, some of them I know, some of them I have no idea who they are, they're not from Ireland, they're meeting us there, but I wanted to create an opportunity for a group of people to go and explore um, new countries, new mindsets, new cultures and like just feel like you're doing it in a safe way but also with other people who are like-minded in that yeah we'll probably try to get our, our you know maybe the odd work it in when we can but um hopefully I'll be doing more trips like that if this one goes down well so it's not a fitness retreat but I have called it an active travels um tour so I'm really excited and nervous for that <laughs> that's amazing that's amazing yeah 100% head over to Natalie's website head over to her Instagram look at the the workout she has look at the recipes that she has natalie's a breath of fresh air in the natalie's a breath of fresh air in the industry uh no bs approach she 
promotes flexibility which is the biggest thing I think so many people can kind of get sucked into a chicken and broccoli approach can get sucked into seven days a week of training there's nothing wrong with that as long as you recover a lot of there's no such thing as overtraining there's only recovery uh, and Natalie kind of listens to her body and that's what she's doing this week with the run so I'm delighted she kind of alludes to that as well uh, if you guys have enjoyed the episode uh, and I hope you have please do tag myself and Natalie up on your stories and we will repost it up on ours as we my aim and Natalie's aim is to kind of get uh, help as many people as possible and try to kind of get rid of the BS that's out there um, so Natalie so much thank you so much for coming on the episode today the last one in the series so thank you so much for doing that thank you so much for having me Shane it was such a pleasure I talked for hours about all these things but I hope everyone else uh, enjoyed the episode as well thank you thank you very much <laughs>